Well, good morning, everyone. We're so glad everyone is here with us on this cold, rainy Texas morning in the middle of March. Today's my grandmother's 95th birthday. I know they're at their little country church that I grew up in, and there's no live stream out there. I don't think there's, there's barely running water there, but... Um, Happy birthday, Momo. We're so excited we get to celebrate with you. And last Friday was my mom's 75th birthday. It's funny because when you're younger, you never ever want to know anyone to know your age. And then there's some point, and I'm not really sure what that point is, that it becomes a badge of honor. It's like, ah, I'm 95 years old. But happy birthday, Mom. I know you're watching. And um, it's so awesome to see But how is it that you're that old and I'm still young again? I'm not really sure how that works. But anyway, happy birthday, Mom, and happy birthday, Momo. We're in the middle of a series that kind of just dropped into my lap by by accident, actually. And um, it it really stemmed from someone that I was talking to and ministering to. and, And they're talking about how they prayed all the time. And I pray every single day, but I don't see any results in my life. And I said, well, prayer is wonderful, and it's great, and it's a, it's a high priority. It's a premium here. We have 21 days of prayer and fasting at our church, and we do all these things, but that's not the only thing that we should do. And, and as I went on to talk to this person, and I had other people after that that just kept on coming up, and it's just like, that's not the only thing. I, well, I read the Bible. Reading the Bible is wonderful. We need to do that. And we have the one-year Bible on our app. So I'm not saying any of these are minimized in any way, but you can't just pick one thing and do it any more than when you're making a cake, you can just take one ingredient or two or three and think it's all going to turn out good. Because how many of you know if you just put the water and the flour in there, you're going to end up with glue. You're not going to end up with the cake. But if you add the other ingredients, and that's why we have this cool little graphic that we had created for this, that shows all the different ingredients. And we're trying to look through some of the ingredients of what it takes to live life to the full. And we, of course, we're our text that we're Based this off of is John 10.10, and Jesus gives this great spectrum. And I think it's fast becoming my favorite scripture in the entire Bible, but he says the enemy, or if I can replace it with the world's way, comes to kill, steal, and destroy from you. They're just trying to steal your joy, rob from you your your happiness, your peace, give you anxiety, and ultimately they want to kill you, just wants to take you out. And that's the world's way. That's what the enemy's trying to do for everyone. But in the middle of that, he says, but I have come to give you life to the full. And we see such a paradox, such a, a huge divide between the two. But we don't get from just one to the other in just a um, decision. And it's not just, Jesus, I ask you into my heart, which is wonderful, and there's an opportunity today to do that even. But it's not just about saying the prayer and all of a sudden you live life to the full, but it's a process. And we have to add these ingredients into our lives. And if we don't add these ingredients, we're going to stay closer to this. But the more we push in and press into him and press into the life to the full, that's when we experience it. The first week we looked at prayer. It's the obvious place to start. And then the next week we looked at the word, the word of God and the spoken word of God and how we speak and what comes out. And if you missed any of these, you can get them on our app or you can get them on our podcast. It's everywhere in the world you want to get it. You can still see, I think, four months of the online church. You can go back and see the live and then it's going up on YouTube all the time. Michael's just the busiest person in the whole wide world. 
And as my wife would say, the most unappreciated person in the church. But um, shout out to Michael. Then we looked at the endurance and how you have to keep going. And sometimes it feels like, man, this stuff isn't working. And, and I, why should I keep going? We've got to have perseverance and don't get weary in well-doing. We looked at this a relationship. And last week we looked at faith. And I thought it was just going to be a one message but faith is too big to do with just one, and I ran out of my notes even what I had. is already going to be two, and I ran out last week, but I just want to give you a highlight. In Hebrews 11.6, says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I, we looked at last week that if you don't have faith and you're not pleasing God, you're not going to live life to the full. And then it goes on to say, if you have your Bible there, because anyone who comes to him must first believe that he exists. And that's the very first beginning of everything of our relationship. You have to believe that God exists. Because if you don't believe God exists, you're not going to get any further down this path. You're not going to get further in a relationship if you think that he's a mystical person or is just this mist out there and there's nothing. No, you have to understand and believe that he, God, exists. And secondly, that he rewards those who seek him. He hears us. So when we pray, it's not just words going out into nothingness. It's not just a void that just goes out there and just captured and just all goes away. But he rewards us because he hears us when we seek him. Last week, we looked at Romans 10. It says, so faith comes from hearing. So if we need faith, and I'm not going to belabor how much faith we need because that was in last week's message, and, and I think you're going to pick up a lot of it as we go along. But he says, but faith comes. How do we get faith? I proved last week we need faith. So how do we get it? Faith comes from hearing. In hearing the word of Christ, and in the NIV it says, consequently, faith comes, in other words, that's how you get it, by hearing the message. Where's that message coming from? It's coming from reading your one-year Bible. It's coming from having a small group conversation with somebody. You're rubbing shoulders with somebody, have, having a mentor, having someone you just talk to regularly. It comes from coming to church and listening to the message or listening to the podcast when you're not here. It's getting the message of Christ. And the message is heard, it goes on to say, through the word of Christ. And I want to continue on today. That was Romans 10, 17. But, and I did that on purpose. I said that one there. But I want to jump up to verse 13 because he talks about it a little bit more. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Remember the other scripture said, you've got to have faith, but it starts with you have to believe that he exists. And when you seek him, another place here it's saying, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So there's no question. Some people say, man, I'm so far gone. There's no way. And, I, and you've heard me tell the story. I was with um, some clients, and, and we're in a place that most people would be like freaked out to be in. And they mentioned that I'm a pastor, and the, this person got in my ear later and said, are you really a pastor? I just prayed last night and said, God, if I'm not too far gone, send me a sign. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's no one that's too far gone. There's no one that's done too much. It's like you're done. You, there's just no hope for you. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone is pretty inclusive. Verse 14, how then can they call? How then can they call on the one they've not believed in? Remember I said that the First thing you got to do is believe that he exists. How are they going to know 
to believe in the one who exists. How then can they call on the one they don't believe? Continues on. And how can they believe in the one whom they've not even heard of? How is it possible that someone can believe in God and believe that he exists when they've never heard anything about him? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Notice it doesn't say without some pastor going to them or some ministry team going to them without someone. And if you're taking notes, I would encourage you to circle someone and then draw a straight line and say, it's me. Because that someone is you. That someone is me. But it's not me as Pastor Kevin. It's me as Kevin. It's me as just a regular person. We all have the opportunity and the obligation, I will suggest to you. How will they hear? How will they know? How will they call upon someone? And how can they, anyone preach unless they are sent? Part of hearing the message, the message that comes, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the hearing of the message, hearing the word of God is from us taking it because that's the next verse. How can they hear without somebody telling them? And it says, and faith comes. When you talk, faith comes. When you tell them the stories of Jesus, even if you know just the most basic Sunday school version of this, that you could use crayons and circles to draw this whole thing out. You draw this little boat, and you put this guy up there, stick figure, and say, that's Noah. Even just the most basic thing can build faith inside of someone. Continuing on, I could stay there all day. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we live by faith. Not by sight. But I don't know about you, but for me, that is a challenge verse. That's a goal verse. I don't think all of us have arrived there because I haven't arrived there. Because I would often say in my life, I live by sight and sometimes by faith. You see, the point of the message, the point of the ingredient of faith in the whole living life to the full is we have to switch the way we're living and not just living by sight. Because sight will look like this. And we looked at last week that nothing is like we, we think it is. The enemy comes against us. We wrestle against, not against flesh and blood. It doesn't look, it isn't what we think it is. That's sight. That's living over here where it's going to try and rob you kill you, and destroy you. That's living by sight. We live by faith is a challenge. Can I just ask you to maybe even write and circle that one and say, this is me too? I live by faith. This morning, I want to make a challenge to you that we shift our way of thinking that we no longer look at sight. We no, no, no longer look at how value that that looks like that's the truth. We say, God, I'm going to live by faith. I'm not going to look down. I'm not going to look to the side. I'm not going to focus on my problem. I'm going to live by faith. If you'll turn in your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Jesus is talking to the disciples, and as he's teaching, and, and he answered them, it says, saying, have faith in God. Have faith 
in God. That is something we have to do. And even as I just pointed out that we live by faith is a challenge verse for us. Jesus is saying, here's more challenge to go along with that. Have faith in God. And that word have means to have and to hold. And I thought that was really awesome and kind of crazy because that's what we use in our wedding ceremonies. Do you take this woman to have and to hold? Do you take this man to have and to hold? You have to make a decision and to say, okay, I'm going to do this. Today's my jumping off point, and I'm going to do this. It goes on to mean become, to derive, to maintain, to experience, and to keep. See, there's various levels and various stages. There's a progress and a progression in this to become, but, but it's a maintaining. You're grabbing it. You're holding it. You experience the whole thing, and it's, it's a journey. And then you got to keep it. Isn't that like marriage? It isn't just a wonderful bliss at the altar when he says, do you take this woman to heaven to hold? Yes. And do you take this man? Yes. Wait, it's wonderful. But there's other times that you've got to keep it. Have faith in God. He goes on to say in verse 23, truly I say, whoever says, whoever to this mountain, break up, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says is going to happen. It will be granted to him. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you will receive them and they will be granted to you. And, and there's been a lot of perversion of this. So you can just say and name it and, and claim it and blab it and grab it and all this stuff. And, and I believe you've got to be praying to the, according to the will of God. And that's an incredible part. And we've looked at that before. So I'm not going to dive deep into that this morning. But I want you to see that Jesus says, hey, if you have the faith of God, you have to first understand that he exists. Then the next thing you got to realize, if you seek him, he's going to hear you and he's going to answer your prayer. And here it says, if you believe it, all things that when you pray and ask, believe. See, I can't just take the ingredient of prayer out and say, it's just prayer. Because faith, talking about faith last week and this week, has prayer, it has fasting, it has the word of God, it has, it's all intertwined. It's like when I make that cake. And I break the eggs, and I put the oil in there, and I put the, the milk, and I put all the ingredients, and I start stirring them all together. But, but what was once all individuals now are all combined together. That's what we're seeing here. Can I tell you, there's new life available to you and to me. But it happens in a transition from life, life as you've always done it. Many of us, I would, you know, dare to say all of us have done life on our own at some point. That we just do what we think it should be, and that really is living life over here. Where the devil's just trying to rob, kill, and destroy. That's the world's way, and that's the thing that's the most natural thing, and we could just do it on our own. It's like, I'll figure out my own way. We have to transition from that and transition from living life by what it looks like. Okay, it looks like this, so my decision is this. Because how many of you know, if you look at something, you're going to make your decisions based on what you're seeing. But When you look at faith, you make your decisions not on what you're seeing, but on what you're praying for. You're making decisions on what your faith in God and knowing that when I pray, all things that when I pray and ask and I'm believing 
they're going to happen. And that's when we start making this transition from living life over here on my own over here to living life to the full. Galatians 2, verse 20, Jesus says, I have been cru-, Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. See, there's that transition from how I've always done it in my own life, now to I'm pursuing what God has over here. And what I want to do, what my eyes normally see, is no longer there. I don't live for myself anymore, but I live for Christ. The life I now live in this body, I'm still in the same body, this is still my flesh. The life that I live now after my decision to not walk by what I see, but to walk in faith, that that decision, the life that I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God. I don't live by faith in myself and how accomplished I am and how good I am and and all the good decisions I've made and try and brush under the carpet all the ones I've made that weren't so good and just hope that they weigh out that the ones that are good are better more than the ones that are bad. No, but I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. Can I just put a parenthesis in there first? And gave himself for me. But I no longer live the way I formerly lived. I have new life. You might put it like this, I'm born again. And my wife, through the different seasons of her life and, and growing as a Christian, she keeps saying so many times, it's, it's very comical to me, I've been born again, again. And something else, I've, I've been born again, again. And, and, and I think at this point, you could have a whole bunch of agains at the end of that. And, and isn't that all of us? I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter 9, verse 14. We're going to look at a story here. We're going to look at it from two different perspectives. We're going to look at it from Mark, and we're going to look at it from Matthew. And if you know anything about the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they were the disciples of God, of Jesus. And they, many years later, after they, you know, the crucifixion and the resurrection and starting the local church, they said, you know what, we need to document what happened. And so they all started writing their versions of it. Some of them tell the same story from different perspectives. Some of them tell different things that we didn't get from the others. But this one's one of the unique ones. We get two different perspectives of it. Starting with verse 14. When they came to the disciples, these people, they saw a great crowd around them and the Torah scholars arguing with him. And by the way, this is on the, the, the living, the tree of life version that was um, recently done and released. And a Bible teacher from Christ for the Nations, who Lenore and I know, um, was the key person for putting this all together. They actually went back to the original Greek and the Hebrew and made it the most accurate of them all. Anyway, we're using that version for this, this morning. So you'll see a lot more Jewish terms in here than you normally would in your Bible. And the Torah scholars arguing around them. Verse 15, suddenly the whole crowd saw Yeshua, and they were amazed and began running to greet him. And he questioned them, what were you arguing about? Verse 17, and a man from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son who has a spirit that makes him mute. Now I want you to see something. He's talking to Jesus, and he says, I brought you my son. Past tense, as we'll see. But he didn't bring him to Jesus. He brought him to the disciples. 
But even in the line of authority, he recognized that by bringing his son, who he had need of a miracle, to the disciples, he was bringing him to Jesus. That was for free. Who has a spirit that makes him mute. So the spirit comes upon him and makes the son to shut up and can't, can't even talk. Verse 18, and when it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams at the mouth. He grinds his teeth and becomes stiff. And I told your disciples to drive it out. See, there he was talking to Jesus. He was talking to the disciples. But they couldn't. Now, how many of you know that's not normal for your son to have a spirit come over you that you can't talk, you get seizures, you throw them down on the ground, you start foaming at the mouth? This is not just a seizure. This is not just a medical condition. This is demonic and grinds his teeth and becomes stiff. This is a problem. That's a bad day. That's a parent's worst nightmare to have a son and a child and to see them going through this torment and not be able to do anything. Verse 19, and answering them, he said, Jesus said, oh, faithless generation. That's kind of harsh, isn't it? He sent his disciples out to go and, and accomplish the, the gospel and go out into all these different places and go out two by two and we're going to get this all thing going on. And he comes back and says, Jesus, I brought my son to your disciples. I brought him to you, but through your disciples and they couldn't do nothing. And Jesus' reply is, oh, faithless generation. You didn't have enough faith to make this happen. How long shall I be with you? How long is it going to be that you can't do and you got to bring him to me? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the child to me. Verse 20, they brought the boy to Yeshua. And when the spirit saw him, Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. So that demonic spirit recognized Jesus. And we talked about the demonic spirits a month or so ago. Certainly something to look into. See how it's always underneath God and underneath Jesus. The boy began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. So immediately showing what the father and the mother have been going through. Verse 21, Yeshua asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? Since he was a child, the man answered. It has often thrown him into a fire or water to destroy him. Remember what I said that Jesus said the enemy's coming to rob, to kill, and destroy. That's robbing and killing and, and destroying. It's trying to drown him. It's trying to burn him. He says, but if you can do anything, have compassion and help us. Can you hear the heart of a father? We're at the end of our rope. Jesus, if you can do anything, I don't even know if he thought it was possible for his son to be completely delivered. He's just saying, if you can do anything, if you can make this thing even just a little bit easier, a little bit better. I love Jesus' words in verse 23. If you can, in quotation marks, like you're questioning if I can, Yeshua said to him, all things are possible for one who believes. So, just as a side note, as a pause, those things that you're believing for your family, particularly in the context of this, a, a parent believing for their child, anything that you believe, it's possible. When you put your faith in God, when you put your request, when you seek him. Verse 24, I'm so much like this father. Immediately the boy's father cried out, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe it works up here, but it doesn't work down here. I, I believe, I think I got it, but 
Help me, because I don't have it. Same story in Matthew 17, starting with verse 14. When they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic, and he's very ill. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. And Jesus answered, you unbelieving and perverted generation, how long will I be with you? Verse 18, Jesus rebuked him and the demon came out. And the boy was cured at once. Here's the rest of the story. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not drive it out? He came to us and we did everything by by the patterns and by everything that we've done to... We, we did everything we're supposed to. Why, why didn't it work for us? Verse 20, Jesus said to them, because of the littleness of your faith. Remember Mark, he said you faithless? You had less faith in what you needed in this situation. Continues on, for truly I say, if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, which is the tiniest seed, and, and they're well familiar with this. You will say to this mountain, move from here and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. But the interesting thing is, you can't expect the complete harvest out of the seed. The seed has to be planted. That grows into a tree. It grows into fruit. It grows in. It's a progression, just like there's a progression from living in the world, in the world's way and everything. I've always done it this way, into living life to the full. If I plant that seed, if I let that grow up, if I have the faith in God, if I make those transitions, I'm going to get more and more over here. And then when I pray, nothing is impossible. Verse 21. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And and so many people have preached this and said that it's the demon that doesn't come out by prayer and fasting. But I want to suggest to you, that's not the context of what Jesus is saying. This kind is what he kept talking about through the entire verses in both examples. That was unbelief. That was a lack of faith. Unbelief was what would only come out through prayer and fasting. And, and I just want to suggest to you this morning that there may be things in your life that uh, you just can't believe for God for. And you may need to take a time on your own and have prayer and fasting that's focused on that thing. It may be one day, maybe three days. Don't wait for our 21 days of prayer and fasting in the beginning of the year, in the middle of the year. This is maybe your personal time to say, God, I I just feel this prick in my heart that that I have unbelief and I I don't have enough faith in this situation and I need to focus in and I'm going to fast. Because Jesus said this kind of unbelief only comes out through prayer and fasting. Unbelief is the lack of faith in the power of God. The strong belief in the bad. How many of us have this thought that comes in all the time that this bad thing's going to happen? Oh, that's not going to happen. Or this is, you could never have this success. And that's not for you. That's for somebody else. And you'll never make this. You're going to be defeated. All these strong, and when you believe that, you slide further and further into being robbed, killed, and destroyed. It's living the opposite of life to the full. Will you bow your heads with me this morning?
My question for you again this morning is, are you living by faith? Faith in the Son of God, Jesus? Or are we still living life like we've always lived it? Life to the full includes faith. It includes talking to people about your faith. It includes being the messenger that goes out and lets those people know who don't know, who've never heard. Today I want to invite you on two different levels, the same as we did last week. First of all, to accept Jesus. The first part of having faith is to acknowledge that He exists. Today you have an opportunity to acknowledge that Jesus exists and to allow Him to pay for your sins. He came to earth to pay for your sins. You didn't have to, but you still have to receive that. And the second, decide to have faith. Begin the journey of not living by what you see, but by the message, the Word of God, what the Bible says. If you want to take that journey, please just say the simple prayer with me. I'm simply going to help you with the words. Say, Jesus, I've tried to do it on my own. My life's a mess, and I need you. I ask you to come live inside me. Save me. Change me. Show me what and how to do it and make me more like you. I'm changing my mind, not living by what I see, but by what your word says. I choose you. I choose you. I put my faith in you. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer. Lord, maybe it's the first time or maybe they prayed it a million times. God, I know that you're there with your arms outreached, ready to help every one of us up. Lord, help us that we live by sight instead of living by faith. Lord, help us to make that transition, to, to stop living life how we comes natural to us and how we've always done it, but Lord, to put our eyes and our fix our gaze on you and on what your word says. God, such a high standard, such a big change. Help us to do better with that. Father, we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you'll pull out your connection card as we're closing and wrapping up. I know Michael's already talked to you about filling out all the stuff on the top. In the middle, there's a place for you to say what your decision is today. And if you've made that decision today to, to ask Jesus to come into your life for the first time, there's a place for that. Or maybe you're renewing your commitment, there's a place for that. Or if you want to be baptized, or there's a place for uh, any prayer requests. And we're going to close in just one minute. And um, there's a bucket that's going to be over here by the door that we can leave these in, along with any offering envelopes that anyone has. But we're going to go ahead and close the service out so you have plenty of time to fill this out. And then we'd love to continue to pray over that. So if you will, stand to your feet with me. And we're going to pray and be dismissed. Father God, I just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for the message that we can give. Lord, that brings and builds faith inside of us. Lord, even as, as I worked on this, I felt faith rising inside of me. Even as I delivered this, I feel even more faith rising inside of me. Lord, and I pray that for everyone in the sound of my voice. 
Lord, that faith is going to arise inside of us and we have faith in you and not in what we see. And Lord, our lives will be eternally changed. We live life to the full and not in what is the world's way. I give all this to you and pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.